What is the right data to navigate the green transition and maintain economic growth? From over 1,200 cities and 130 countries, we bring you the Good Morning Africa podcast. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard Joe Pulse on everything business in Africa. I am Ruth Adong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial News, and you can find me at Ruth Adong. In this episode, we look at the types of data that policymakers need to understand the economic and financial risks associated with climate change to develop sound policies and also finance the climate transition. Bart Cruz, International Monetary Fund's Chief Statistician and Data Officer, offers insight on the main data gaps associated with climate change. Uh, Climate change is central to the mandate of the IMF. Uh, We see it as a threat to financial stability and economic growth. And because it's central, there's also a need for good data. But unfortunately, there are large data gaps. Um, and this is different from uh, regular economic and financial policy making. Even some of the most advanced economies have not mainstreamed the collection and production of environment and climate data in the statistical systems, and even less integrated these data with economic data. What we have developed, and you can see that here on the slides, is the statistics department is the Climate Indicates Dashboard. And this is a platform for disseminating the climate change data that there is relevant for macroeconomic and financial stability analysis. So we bring together all the data that there is relevant for our work and also of the governments to advise policies on the macroeconomy and the financial field. But while putting it together, it turns out that there's also a lot of data missing. And we basically identified three reasons why the data are missing. First, the types of data where there's methodology developed, where we know what to do, where even the data, the basic data might be there, but not many countries are producing the data. An example is air emission data, energy accounts data, where are about 50 countries producing them now. Uh, It's mandatory in the European Union, but not so many countries outside that make these statistics. And these data are essential to study the relationship between emissions and the economy. So where is the money earned? What are the emissions important for economic modeling? The second type of data that is missing is when there's not good classifications. Um, For example, on subsidies and expenditures, there's a lot of data, um, but they're not comparable international. Uh, The data on subsidies and expenditures in one country are different from other countries. Also on climate finance statistics, um, we have here on the climate dashboard something called green bonds, but basically it is self-reporting by countries. You can use it in other countries, but the data is not necessarily very comparable. Still, it's very important. Um, The IMF estimates that the path to net zero by 2050 requires low carbon investment to rise from 900 billion in 2020 to 5 trillion annually by 2013, and that's only the mitigation financing needs. There's also substantial investments needed to adapt to climate change. And policymakers need to attract both the source of these funds and the uses of these funds. We have a rich set of national macroeconomic and environmental data sets to help us track investment and the financing, but they're not disaggregated enough to say things specifically about climate and, and environment. We will work with relevant partners, including the World Bank, um, to develop appropriate methodology and net granularity. The third type of data that's missing is when there's not even a clear idea what a mission and what the indicator should be, uh, missing methodology. For example, um, the information on risks are very important. 
Um, I've been working around in COP and many countries, many meetings are about physical risk, about transition risk. There's a large interest to know more about that. So where should investments go? What should prioritization be? What are the predictions? And um, there's a lot of work on that. There's a lot of models. There's a lot of ideas, but there's no harmonized indicators, no harmonized methodology, and no harmonized data. Also, this will be addressed by us in cooperation with many other parties to see whether we can find some macroeconomic indicators that are relevant. So basically, there is a lot there, uh, but not as much as it should be. This is not only the IMF missing the data, all the countries themselves, that we see basically three different reasons why we still not have the data that we need. And a quick look at the market. The market segment is powered by the Development Bank of Rwanda. We empower you. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange or Share Index hovered around the flat line of 73,845 on Wednesday, reflecting global investors' cautious stance ahead of the pivotal U.S. inflation report that could shed light on the Federal Reserve's monetary policy outlook. Additionally, the impending onset of the earnings season contributes to the ongoing market dynamics. On the corporate front, Bytes, Itlite and Motors advanced the most in the index, while SAPI, HCI, Sasol and Karoo posted the biggest losses. And a quick trip around Africa. The annual urban inflation rate in Egypt slowed for the third consecutive month to 33.7 in December 2023 from a six-month low of 34.6%, slightly above market expectations of 33.4% and remaining significantly above the upper limit of the central bank's target range of 5 to 9%. It also marked the lowest inflation rate since May, mainly influenced by a slowdown in food inflation. In November, housing and utilities furnishings, household equipment and routine maintenance, health and miscellaneous goods and services. Meanwhile, prices remained unchanged for transport while increased at a faster pace for recreation and culture. On a monthly basis, consumer prices edged up to 1.4% in December from 1.3% in the previous month. The annual inflation rate in Rwanda fell for the third straight month to a near two-year low of 6.4% in December, down from a 9.4% in the prime month. Prices moderated mostly for food and non-alcoholic beverages, mainly on account of vegetables and bread and cereals. Other CPI items saw slower increases in prices, including restaurants and hotels, clothing and footwear, transportation and recreation and culture. Moreover, prices continued to fall for housing and utilities on a monthly basis. Consumer prices declined by 4.4% in December after 1.9% drop in the previous month. Ghana's annual inflation rate eased for the fifth straight month to 23.2% in December, compared to 26.4% in November. It's the lowest reading since March 2022, but still well above the central bank's target bound of 6 to 10%. Prices slowed down for both food and non-food items. On a monthly basis, consumer prices rose by 1.2% in December, after a 1.5% increase in the prior month. The annual inflation rate in Mozambique edged up to 5.30% in December of 2023, compared to a four-month low of 5.36% in the prior month. The moderation in overall inflation was mainly due to slowing prices of food and non-alcoholic beverages, alcoholic beverages and tobacco, restaurants, cafes and hotels, and clothing and footwear. Additionally, prices decreased for recreation and culture, and on a monthly basis, consumer prices inched up by 1.29%, in December, the most in nine months after a 1.17% rise in the previous month. 
Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit the website. That's thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at With the Dome.